Episode number two is on the way. Jason Hamilton is here. We're going to talk all about the Seahawks' big victory over the Carolina Panthers and what it means. Mr. Postseason, the twin brother of Mr. Playoffs, will be here. And our first ever guest on the Mitch Unfiltered podcast will be none other than Rick Neuheisel. And I hear he has written and will perform a song. It's brought to you by Jaguar, Land Rover of Bellevue, Zeke's Pizza, and of course, Daniel's world-class steakhouses locally owned by the Schwartz family and located at South Lake Union, Leshy Marina, and Bellevue Place. My favorite local steakhouse for years and years and years, thanks to Daniel's Broiler world-class steakhouses. Unfiltered. Say what you want, but Russell Wilson against the Chargers from the second possession to the second to last possession stunk the joint up. He held the ball way too long leading to sacks, and he missed wide open guys on third down a couple of two, three times to extend the drives. Throws he makes in his sleep. Unfiltered. So let me get this straight. I'm going to pay to see Tiger versus Phil, two guys worth over a billion dollars combined, play for nine million more, and it's not even their own money, and I dislike one of the two guys intensely. All right, I'm in. Mitch is unfiltered. Well, Jason Hamilton, it is time for episode number two. And for episode number two, we get back to the old days. Okay, okay. We get back to the old days. Are you ready for the old days? Do you remember the old days, Jason Hamilton? Vaguely, because it's old. It's a long time it's a ago. Long time ago. My memories, my memories, uh, a little, little lax. But are we, yeah, are we going to be able to pull it off? Oh, I think so. Okay, I think we're ready. Are you going to help me? I'm, I'm in. Okay. The first thing I need to do is announce. We, we have some announcements. Oh, number one, breaking news. iTunes. Yes, we finally. are. We are now available on iTunes and soon to be available on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. I'm reading that because I don't know what any of this is. <laughs> I don't even know what iTunes is. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I had ever even listened to a podcast. Well, I guess I had, but not, well, I don't know if you call, I guess I'd listen to live streaming. I don't know that I had listened to an actual podcast yeah, li- before we decided. Live streaming is not podcast. Okay, so yeah. you, you're a podcast guy. A little bit. And I don't understand, maybe you can explain to me what the big deal, everybody was asking, are you on iTunes yet? When can I listen to you on iTunes? Yeah. And I'm saying to myself, wait a second, I tweeted out a, an arrow, a, a player, you can hit the button, you can sure. listen, or you can go to the website, Mitch Unfiltered. Dot com. You can become a patron. You can listen that way. Well, I, 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 I wasn't grasping the gravity of yeah, yeah, why yeah. iTunes is important in all these other locations. Can you give me a, like a, a 30 second lesson why well, people want to listen there as opposed to like on the player on Twitter or on my website? Well, sure. Because one, the way that it was tweeted out with the file and being able to listen to it if you just pressed play. Yeah. I think when we we announced the whole podcast, that's that's a little bit of a departure from how it would be if it was on iTunes or Google Play or others where you can subscribe and it alerts you that a new fresh pod is available or okay. comes into your queue versus having a tweet sent to you and you have to see the tweet. And so I, I think people who are interested and in know podcasts, they were a little thrown, but guess what? 
now we're we're official, like you said. It's it's on iTunes. iTunes. The other platforms are coming, but it's right. on iTunes. iTunes. And uh, the reception so far, at least to the episode zero and the episode one, at least in my mentions and my phone calls and my texts and tweets, has been uh, nothing short of fantastic. Now I was told to tell people to subscribe, yes. which you just talked about, and so again, I, I once told you that. Subscription to me meant what I do with Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Right. Subscribing in a podcast sense is you're just pressing a button so that you can be notified. I can't tell you how many people are like me that said to me via Twitter or my email, hey, that's the first podcast. I, I've, I've never right. listened yeah, to a podcast. Awesome. So we have to tell them. When you go to iTunes or one of these other places, once it gets there, you're going to hit subscribe. And, and there'll be a giant check mark that comes across your your screen that says yes. you are subscribed. That means that, that you're going to get alerted to when new episodes come and uh, you are going to be uh, okay. part of the faithful listeners. Now, what that? about this rating? Tell people to uh, rate yes. you. Yes. Tell people, and I already noticed we're getting good ratings, but why am I telling people to rate me if they don't like it, then they bring the whole app? I mean, there's only going to be six that if one guy gives me a one, is it one out of five? One out of five. I'm a one out of five. Yeah. So do they rate every episode or do they just rate yeah, they'll Me rate every, you. every episode. They can rate the, the the podcast in general. It's aggregated, right? It's aggregated okay. over the number of podcasts so that people get a feel for, is this a good podcast to listen to okay. down the road? Guess what? What? We're a five. We're just a straight up five. So we want everybody just to just to give us a five. Yes. And Subscribe. if you're gonna give it, if you're gonna give us anything less than a five, should we should we ask them not to Don't do, do it? it? Don't do it. And so what is that? Do I get like a piece of candy? Do I get like a, a, a slice of pie? What, what do I what do I you get? You get nothing and you'll like it. So what I explain it no, to so it's, who it's, it's all about the it's all about the internal algorithm and, and how it's uh, featured and on these different platforms for podcasts that people okay. listen to and like. Is it a big deal? Of course. So we should say this at the beginning of every podcast. Absolutely. Please give Subscribe. us a five. Yeah. You just went to subscribe. I'm, I'm talking. I'm, yeah, pat, I mean, I'm beyond subscription. Can you stay with me? Sorry. Is it too I'm late a at slow, night? Yeah, I I'm mean, a little slow. Were you tipsy the other night when we when no, we did the bonus to dip? You threw me out there. You were. You threw me out there. A little. Listen, I'm not saying I didn't you have a great. beverage. You were great. I'm not saying I didn't have a beverage. You were great. Tipsy. Uh, well, the the true indication of whether I approved of you being tipsy yeah. is what did I do when you walked through the doors tonight? You offered me another beverage. I think I think you're trying to get me yeah. liquored up to yeah. see if I'm 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 gonna get this. I thing want you to started. be. I want you to be the first to curse. We haven't had the All first right. curse, right? And I don't have a bell yet. I'm going to get a bell, by the way. Nice. There's no rules from the previous employer that I can't have a bell. Ding. If I hear ding. from an attorney over a bell, we got big problems. Yes. Okay. Um. Anyway, so before we get to what happened in Charlotte, North, we got to start right oh. in Charlotte, North Carolina, right? Let's tell everybody a little bit about the first, uh, the second episode, episode number two, what mm -hmm. we're going to do today. We're going to talk Seahawks, Panthers. We're going to have Rick Neuheisel mm. is going to be our first guest. Love it. He might be our last guest. I don't even know that I can get him on the air. I don't know can how to do this. Press the button. I don't know how to. No. I've never done a phone call. I've got a new Skype phone number. This is all, I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try to have Rick Neuheisel on to be with us, he he has shown some some desire to sing on his first oh. on his first episode. Well, he's he's Mitch shown that desire before, and it's I, always been it's good. Oh, he's good. Yeah, he's he's solid gold. <laughs> so he's going to be on. 
Mr. Postseason, the twin brother of the recently retired <laughs> Mr. Playoffs. Oh, that's where we've landed? Yeah. We, we are officially landed yeah. on Mr. Postseason. Yes. Okay, good. And I remind everybody that this podcast is brought to you by three incredible yes. friends. Great businesses, but incredible friends. Daniel's Broiler, Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue, and Zeke's Pizza. And you're going to hear a little bit about them today because it's important that we share their messages along with the podcast. But we, we need to begin, or I need to begin, just for a second. I don't want to get on it too much. Reaction, my reaction to episode, to the reaction, my reaction to the reaction of episode number mm-hmm. one. I, I just want to say thank you. Mm. I, I was blown away, and I'm sure that you were tagged on all these things, yeah, so you probably incredible. read, I don't know if you even bothered to read all of it. It was hard not to. It was amazing. I got emails through the website. I got emails through Patreon. Oh, become a patron of the show. I didn't say that. We'll say that in a second. But I got emails and texts, and I I, I just, I was floored Mm. by the reaction. And I want to say thank you, but I want to say a couple of other things. Number one, what really made it worth it were there was a good handful of emails and notes from people who could relate to what I was saying and maybe found some inspiration right. and some energy, right. maybe have had some darkness in their lives. And if I was able to help one, let alone five, 10 or 15 or 20 to, you know, maybe open up to somebody, if I helped somebody, that's great. Yeah. And it made the episode worth it. What I was a little, Jason, uncomfortable with, if I'm being honest, there were so many, oh, Mitch, you're courageous and you were great and good for you and I admire you for, for, for putting yourself out there. It almost kind of made me into something that I don't feel comfortable being sure. because I'm not, I'm not the courageous one. The courageous one, as I said on Twitter the other day, the courageous ones are, the, are, are my wife and my boys yeah, yeah. and my friends and my former coworkers at KJR, and all the people that had my problems dumped in their lap unexpectedly and had sure. to deal with it, they're the courageous ones. And I'm a little uncomfortable with all of the. I, 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 I don't get want that. this to turn around. I don't want this to turn around into into yeah. oh Mitch, you, you, yeah. so that everybody's sympathetic and you understand what I'm I, saying. I, I do, and I and I think I have a, an interesting seat to to watch that and understand it, right? You and I have had several conversations about what this podcast is and, and obviously the things that have happened in your life. And, and, uh, and I know how sensitive you are to that and, and really how you do feel about that. So I, I certainly respect that. I think the people out there who haven't had the chance to express whatever they're feeling, we're expressing that on Twitter or other places just to say, hey, you know, it meant a lot for you to say what you said or, hey, Mitch, I forgive you or whatever they said. But I understand how it comes back to you where, listen, you're not trying to be I'm not the applauded. Victim. I'm not exactly. the victim here. Yes. There are a lot of other victims, yes. some of which we'll talk about as the yeah, yeah. episodes continue. I, I, that's not the reason that I did that show. Get I it. did not do that show to have this turn around and make Mitch the victim, right. okay? I did that show for other reasons, and as I said, I'm a, I'm appreciative of all the notes, but let's not lose perspective as to whom I think the uh, the real courageous people sure. in this is are. are. Um, I, I do want to mention Patreon. If you want to become yeah. a patron of the show, we did our first patron-only 
bonus episode. I thought it went swimmingly. You yes. were a little tipsy, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, you know, I cannot confirm nor deny, like we, I said. We did a Mr. Postseason. Which the twin was fantastic. Brother. We did that. We explained. But now we have to do a new one because new games were played. Mm-hmm. And now there's a lot more to discuss. So if you want to become a patron, all you have to do is go to MitchUnfiltered.com and click on the Be a Patron. And uh, it costs $5 a month or more. It's a donation. And really, it's a donation if you like the show. Right. If you enjoy the show and you want the show to go for a long time, you enjoy the podcast, I call it a show, and you want to support the show, great. If you don't, that's okay, too. Right, right. If you happen to support the show, you'll get bonus episodes that won't be available to the other people. Mm-hmm. But I don't want people supporting the show only for that because... Frankly, I don't know when we're going to do bonus right, shows or not. Right, you right. support the show because you like the show, and you're going to get a little perk. You get a little, yeah. you get a little, uh, you know, a little candy. That's right. A little Halloween candy as a result. Yeah. You get a little perk. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so we'll do both. In fact, hopefully, we'll have a bonus episode shortly with some extra Rick Neuheisel conversation above and beyond. That'd be great. What we do today. That would be great on the regularly uh, scheduled Mitch Unfiltered Seahawks. Oh. That game was bananas. Can you imagine? I, I I know I was on the patron only episode saying that they're not going to win. I'm still not sure, having watched it, how they won. The quarterback was magnificent. Uh, they pulled it out of the fire, thirty to twenty seven. It felt like, and you can relate to this to me, like one of those NBA games where a team goes on the road and they say, hang around, hang around, hang around, and then see if you can steal it at the end. Steal it. Was that not the, was that not, not the analogy? terrible as they were, yeah. and I sent a tweet out early in that game, yeah. early saying 13 minutes gone in the first quarter, yeah. what's, your, what's the likely, likeliness that these guys win this game? I mean, they were awful in those first 13, awful, where you thought, yet and still, 3-0. Three 3-0. Nothing. Three nothing. Three Nothing right in that it ball. It was game. the most dominated three nothing in the history of three nothings. <laughs> That's what I have to say about that. No doubt. And Russell Wilson goes twenty two of thirty one for three hundred and thirty nine yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He gets no defense, no defense helping him. Oh come on! What? Come on! Are we going to start our first argument? Really? You thought that the defense played well? Listen, well, they made a couple of a good couple. Plays. Yeah. Why do you think it was three to nothing? Because right. fourth and two, third and one, third and one, red zone stops. Yeah, yeah I think we're going to have our first argument. Okay. But over the course of the day, they were brutal. They couldn't stop them. They could never. How many punts yeah, did yeah. they force in the second half? Okay. Zero. Although Seattle didn't punt either in the second half. I don't know. It seemed to me like they got, they had a couple of good moments that were critical in the wins. Yes. But here, they gave up 26 first downs. They gave up nearly 500 yards. They gave up eight and a half yards per play. Eight and a half yeah, yards per play. They gave up 220 yards rushing. McCaffrey was ridiculous. They made him a Hall of Famer in one game. He had 125 running. He had 112 receiving. He had two touchdowns. How many fumbles did they not? Were they not? Yeah. Could they pick up a fumble? Yeah, no. Can you just pick up a fumble? If they pick up one of those fumbles, maybe we don't have to sweat to the very end but you're right it's funny they made a couple of plays they made the play to keep it 
to keep the, the first possession. Right. They made a play. Um, McDougal made an interception at in the beginning of the third With quarter. With the tip after, and after the pick. The tip and the pick. Yeah. Uh, Flowers made a big a big uh, stop on the third down to right. not let him get the first down. Right. And ultimately, the Seahawks win. They get to 6-5. and five, And now you'll hear from Mr. Postseason later. They're right there. Right. I, see, this is where I wish that everybody was a was a patron. Oh, Be- I like that. I like the way that sounds. I know because we talked at length yes. about, and I know we're going to get into Mr. Postseason here yeah. soon. Yeah. But we talked at length prior to the Carolina game. Was it a must win? Is it was it a, a must win? Was it not a must win? Obviously, the uh, the Seahawks went on to win that game, and now uh, a restructured. Mr. Playoffs coming coming down the pipe. Not Mr. Playoffs. He's retired. Gosh. It's Mr. I mean, it's going to be hard for He's me to do that. He's got a twin brother. Yeah. <laughs> they look exactly alike. Uh, right. And boy, boy, they sound, sound exactly. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They sound exactly alike. So, currently they're uh they're seventh in the NFC. They're a a spot behind Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh we'll uh we'll discuss more of that with Mr. Postseason as we as we continue. Uh, with the uh, the Seahawks, but it was an it was an amazing it was an amazing performance by Russell Wilson. Oh. I don't know I, I don't know how I mean you hear the open where I'm critical of him in the Chargers game, but I don't know how they I mean you say they played good defense. Okay, they played good defense at times. At times. Timely stops. The, That's all I'm saying. The run game was non-existent mm. for the most part. Mm. Carson uh, I don't even know what he may have had 55 or 60 yards, um, and it it came it came down to the quarterback making plays sure. and having to keep up. They had to Fourth score down big throws. They had to score the yeah, big yeah. throw to to lock it to set up the oh. field goal when he buys time and he finds Lockett down the down the field. It was just a magnificent, I guess thirty million dollar a year. I mean, yeah. as soon as as soon as he 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 makes he he delivers a performance like that, everybody in the world starts talking. I right, give him his thirty million dollars a year. That's what it's all about, and so forth and so on. But. I just thought it was a, uh, it was one of the most exciting, gut wrenching games. Imagine had you had you lost that game, how you'd feel. You'd five and six, oh. and you just and you just couldn't stop them. And let's assume let's assume you know Gano hits the field goal, yeah. and then you can't come can't down the field, score. and you lose thirty to twenty seven. How, how would you be feeling right now? We're talking about a million different things, many of which is. Can you can you recover one of those fumbles? One of the fumbles. Just it's a I think game there was six. Ch- yeah, there's a there seemed like there was six. There was there was like there right almost back to yeah, there was almost back to back possessions where there was a fumble. McCaffrey here, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Like the ball's flying. How about around. when he's he's going into the he's going in for a touchdown and he fumbled oh, the ball right. backwards and they still couldn't they couldn't even get on that. Early one. Bobby Wagner's look like he's right on the ball and he can't come. I mean, it oh, was it was bananas, unbelievable. And I have a laundry list of things. To, uh, to discuss with you about the big victory for the Seahawks over the Carolina Panthers. We'll get to that in a, in a few moments. I also want to talk to you about the Apple Cup. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to Rick Neuheisel about the Apple Cup. I want to talk about the Pac-12 championship game if we have time. I want to get to Tiger versus Phil. Looks like I'm getting my money back. Yes. I'm getting my money back <laughs> on Tiger versus Phil. They should have to take it out of their own pockets and yeah. give it to us back because that of their million. performance for playing a 93-yard par three Brutal. four different times Gross. at the end. I want to talk about that as well. A few words here for one of our charter sponsors, Zeke's Pizza. What's better than getting pizza delivered as you're sitting down to watch a game? Well, of course, it's pizza and beer. Most Zeke's locations now deliver beer, wine, and cider. Nobody does Northwest craft beer better than Zeke's, and that includes delivery. 
Zeke's delivery menu features beers from the best local breweries, including Fremont, Rubens Pike, and Bale Breaker. Order using the mobile app on iPhone or Android devices online at Zeke'sPizza.com, or you can just call 206-285-8646. A Zeke's delivery driver brings the order, not a third party. You can order any combination of food and beer as long as it meets Zeke's minimum requirement of $15. Mix and match. Order six different beers. Order one can of beer. I don't care. Order a cider or a bottle of wine. Don't forget the women in your life. Mom likes it when a bottle of wine shows up at the door with the pizza. Prices are typically at or below grocery prices, so why leave the couch? Just another great idea from Zeke's Pizza. Zeke's has you covered on game day. Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. All right, we continue with episode number two, brought to you by my good friends at Daniel's Broiler, Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue, and Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Jason Hamilton and Mitch, episode number two of Mitch Unfiltered. We're celebrating the victory, 30-27, to 27, yeah. for the Seahawks to get right back in. Huge. Right back in the middle of the wild card race. They have five games remaining, Jason Hamilton. Four of them will be at home. They're going to play the 49ers twice. They'll be big favorites in those two games. They're going to play the Cardinals at home. They'll be big favorites in that game. They'll be smallish favorite against the the Vikings. I was going to say the Twins, the Vikings. (laughs) And then they'll probably be small underdogs against the Chiefs. And Mr. Postseason, the twin brother of Mr. Playoffs, is going to discuss in our last segment of of episode number two exactly – where the Seahawks stand and what they have to do and whether 10 and 6 will be good enough or can they be 9 and 7 and so we'll talk about all of those things with Mr. Postseason but before we we get there and Rick Neuheisel's in our next segment as well if we can figure out Can't mechanically wait. how to get yeah. him on I don't know if I can figure out how to get him on but anyway don't forget to become a patron go to mitchunfiltered.com click on the button if you want access to the bonus episodes we're going to have one Which, hopefully with new highs and there's already one there's, on, one, already there's up. one in the queue there's one already up there yep. but those are only for the patrons of the show and you do that by going to the patreon site via our website and and you become a patron i think it costs five dollars a month is the minimum donation you can donate from five to whatever we'll sure. take your we'll take your donations <laughs> yeah, yeah no problem and that makes you a patron and we're going to I'm going to come up with something yeah, yeah. else. Some there's going to be swag. some value besides that. Uh, yeah, we're going to some do some stuff. We've got to have some stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I'm delivering pizzas, no. but no. we're going to do some no. stuff. Um, a couple of thoughts on the game. Okay. And these are random kind of laundry list thoughts that I have about the game. Number one, um, the biggest nondescript play of the game. There, if you said the biggest play of the game, you could probably list four. Ten. Sure, there was huge. unbelievable yeah. huge plays. Yeah, the fourth and three, the throw to in the end zone, the touchdown from Russell. There's a there's a bunch of huge plays. Huge plays. Yes. Uh, the the throw to Moore. Right. Uh, the low percentage throw to Moore that he catches for a touchdown. The locket play to extend the drive and set him up for the game winning yeah. field goal. But if you made me say, Mitch, what was the underrated nondescript play of the game? There's no question in my mind. Oh, you seem decisive about this. I, I, I am. I've thought about it a lot. Okay. I've revisited a lot. I actually went back and replayed it. The Panthers have the ball. 
It's 27 to 27, and they're getting ready to kick that field goal, which they missed. The 52 right. or 53 you know, yard yeah, they missed. Yeah. Second down, can you remember? Second down, second and seven. There's a minute and 54. We're inside the two minute warning, and the Seahawks have one timeout left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's only second down. Yes. I so, actually remember this play. Okay. So. It's going to be second down, and after the second down play, if they want to use a timeout, they can, but then they can't use one after the third down. Right. They're going to be able to run. Essentially, they're going to be able to run most of the clock down and either kick the field goal to win or not leave the Seahawks enough time. And what happened on that second okay, down so if, play? If this is the right play that I'm thinking yes. of, yeah. Newton gets flushed out of the pocket and he throws it out of bounds. Throws it out of bounds. That's right. It's probably the only play on the on the whole game where they got any kind of pressure, pressure. on the quarterback. Yeah. And he throws it out of bounds. And yeah. by throwing it out of bounds, he stops the clock with the Seahawks not having to take mm. a time out. Mm-hmm. And that changed in terms of, of, of clock maintenance and clock dynamic. That changed everything because then that's 150. Instead of running the ball or throwing a short pass and getting it down and making them to take right, the last Right, right, right. They get the time. So the Seahawks get a fourth timeout, essentially, by him throwing that ball away. Because then on the third down play, they threw it short, and then there was a timeout after that. That's right. That's he caught right. it. Okay, right, And, and right, Flowers right. made the great play to keep him from getting the first yep. down. He got it down to, about, I think, the 35 or 34-yard line. Then the Seahawks took their timeout. So they, they guaranteed themselves, even if he had made that yeah, field yeah. goal, they guaranteed themselves some time left, okay. and it all was be- all was because of the one play where they got some pressure yeah. and Cam threw it away. I will bet you that the offensive coordinator, whoever he is for the Carolina Panthers, is saying, "Why didn't I just dump it out to McCaffrey? Why didn't sure. I run the Stay ball? In the ball. Yeah, why why didn't I bounds. either a quarterback draw? Keep the clock running. The worst thing I can do right here is do them a favor and stop mm-hmm. the clock, mm-hmm. and that's exactly." It's exactly what they did. All right, laundry list number two, and I think we talked about it. Jump on a fumble, please. Jump on one. Please. I don't know that I've seen a game where there's been more balls on the turf that were recovered by – The same team. Yes. I think it's an NFL record. I'm making it up, but I think it's an NFL. (laughs) I was looking at you for confirmation. I was like, is that a fact? I mean, it it really felt like that, though, where every single time the ball came loose, it squirted loose, boom. Now, now, get on the ball, will you please? The Seahawks did have a couple where they fumbled either out of bounds and, you know, it wasn't. uh, Yeah, but we're not talking about those. But very different from what the Panthers and the opportunities that the Seahawks (sighs) had to change, to flip the field, change the game. All that the punt that nearly touched the the, the right. Panthers it on the leg and they couldn't get that you know laundry list number two get on a fumble yep. laundry list number three and this is a this is a bugaboo this has been a bugaboo of mine probably since Mike Holmgren left now now let me stop you real quick because you you're speaking of laundry lists and you're yes. saying a, a Mitch bugaboo that that's like. There's not papyrus long enough <laughs> for Mitch not- bugaboos in the world. You do realize that, right? Uh, I guess these are bugaboos and not laundry lists. I, I, I think they're laundry lists. Okay, okay. Give me, give me number, th- give me number three. Then. Okay, you're going to agree with this. One. Okay, okay. The whole Russell Wilson coming to the line, looking it over, maybe getting in the play late. This is not this is not on Russell Wilson. This is just a general thought about the offense and the play calling and the timing of it all. Okay. The whole play clock getting down to four. Three and him, and him, yeah. and, 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 and taking all the time to make adjustments, and then having to rush, rush, rush as if they're disorganized, yep. and then having to snap the ball when the play clock hits zero. Drives you crazy. I, I, I can't take it anymore. 
I honestly can't take it anymore. Can we please get the play in a little earlier, get to the line a little earlier so that you can do all those gyrations, whatever it is that they're doing, looking over the defense, making you know uh, offensive line adjustments, whatever it is. Do they have to drive me? Do they have to? It's gonna age. It's the aging process. The whole three, two, and him, and him hurrying. Come yeah. on, go, go! You see what I'm yeah, doing? I, I don't do. think anybody else yeah. could see what I'm yeah. doing. Come on, you You're know what I'm talking. Noise, yeah. He's yelling to the uh, center. Come on, yeah, snap the ball, go. snap the ball, because he's about to get a delay of the game. I can't take those anymore. Let me ask you this. Yeah, I need to flip this to, towards yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, you have that with Russell Wilson. Would you rather have? Did you notice this? when Cam Newton would, would break the huddle, how he'd stay kneeled for one Yeah, or, I don't like he, – that's, him, are, okay, that's him calling attention to himself. I'm just saying. It's so not on the laundry list, you, you, but it really needs to be on okay, the Okay, because you, yeah. you, you could have that also where you know your quarterback doesn't actually get, get to up, the line yeah. and actually call the play. What is or, that, by the way? Is that know. new? Is that something I don't new? know. He's, he's a big guy. He's 6'5 plus, and maybe he just needs an extra second to gather his thoughts. He's, you know, he's meditating. I don't, I don't know what he's doing, but he's, he's trying to figure it out. I'd like to know what he's doing. You know, the only thing I'm just so predisposed to think that anything that he does, especially his outfits and the hat and the whole thing, I just and the first down and all the all the I just feel like it's all about can I get a little extra camera time? To me, that's what Cam Newton is different. He's a different, and I think that's you know that hanging on his knee for a few extra seconds while the camera's right behind him. Maybe he would stay. Maybe he would say in front of a microphone. No, actually, here's why I do that. Yeah, oh, oh I'm sure he's got a reason for I it. I don't know. Of course I don't know what the reason is. All right, can I get... No, let's go. All right, let's laundry, go. laundry list number, number, number four, four. Number four. Mm-hmm. All right. Can I get a screen pass? Honest to God... Especially early. Anytime. I'm, I, I'm not going to be... Beggars can't be choosers. How many screen passes are they going to throw to McCaffrey? How many screen passes are their opponent? Can they? I heard when Schottenheimer, when Shoddy, Shoddy, when Shoddy came in, I was told by somebody that he's re-implementing the screen pass game into the Seahawks' offensive arsenal. Mm-hmm. And and I'm watching these games, and in the first half, you just mentioned it on every passing situation, second and long, third and long. Caroline in the first half, I swear to you, every time they brought at least five, maybe Bring six guys. They are Heat. just – can you just let them in and toss it over their heads to a running back and let him run? Can we just get one screen pass early, as you say, early in the game to slow those guys mm-hmm. down so that they have to actually respect Make them? Make them honest, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, it, would, it was going to bust for a touchdown. I watched the opponents every, week in and week out throw screen passes against the Seahawks. Yeah. And yet – I never see the screen pass implemented by Schottenheimer. I, I I don't. Is it because Russell Wilson doesn't know how to throw the screen pass? What is what could be it's the all possible about the reason? It's all about the setup. It's the same with the with the handoff where Russell could keep it. You see him. There's no one on the edge, and you see Russell always give the back the handoff instead of keeping it. Yeah, and you go like, he's got seven yards free and clear if right. he just keeps. The handoff, right, and it, and it's like they're they're predisposed to every time early in the first quarter we're going to run it every well, single time we're going to run it. and that's laundry list number oh look at it well, you just took me you took me right, right to laundry list segue. number what Ding. is it where are we number we're, what uh, number five I believe I I I mentioned this in one of the previous episodes I'm going to mention it again now I think that there is a a side effect. Hmm to all this exciting new run game, this commitment to the run game. RPOs, and, and, all that, yeah. and, and, and they are 
pile. They, they are a new team, and the offensive line has done a great job. And they're oh, hand, okay. and, they're, and they're handing the ball yeah. off to Chris Carson, and they are just gouging yeah. people. And I love it. Yeah. They are a physical. They are the most physical Seahawks team that we've seen, at least offensively. Yep. They've been physical on defense yep. in a long time, and I, I do. I love the fact that Carson and Davis, and and now Penny's getting into the act, and and it's just a run first team, and they are just pushing people off the ball. I get that. But there's no question, there is no question that there's a side effect of that, and okay. that is getting the quarterback into rhythm mm. early in a game. And I don't know, that's fair. and that's laundry list number or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I honestly, I don't know what the answer right, is. Right, because what you're saying is they're establishing that front line, they're establishing the O-line to just run, get in that rhythm. Run, 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 run. run, run, run. run. We're going to power it down your throat. And I think there's got to be a way to both do that, but... Find a possession or find a series of plays where you can let the quarterback be the quarterback. Mm. Because when the time comes against the Chargers, you know, you hear me in that open say he was awful. The, he was awful from the second possession. Yeah. Okay. I think part of the problem, I'll go back to that Chargers game, was run, 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 run. But then they find themselves two touchdowns down and they have to they have to rely on the quarterback to get them in but he's been handing the ball he's not in any kind of rhythm in the game he's not he's not in a in a passing rhythm of the game when now he has to kind of carry yeah. the team and bring them back i think they're having a little bit of a growing pain trying to figure out okay how do we do both how do we establish the run Run, 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 run. Carson's physicality right. and J.R. Sweezy and DJ Fluker and let's pound their asses. Right. And then, but at the same time, we've got a $30 million a year quarterback to be. We need to get him going too. And so well, you, maybe you, that's not easy to no, do, well, but you, we got to do it. You think about that throw that he had to Doug Baldwin in the end zone in the first, in that, in that first second drive, right? He It's a touchdown if he just lets it go early it's a touchdown he overthrows him and that was how you were talking about in the open I mean Russell just couldn't get into that rhythm yeah so you do you've got to find some way to get a, a balance in there either let him run the ball get a quick dump off something yeah. easy it's like we talk about in basketball get to the free throw line feel that rhythm get yourself getting that ball in the hole and then let's go let's yeah. go yeah I don't know the answer yeah. and I guess it's Schottenheimer and, and Carol's responsibility to figure it out but at least I mean it wasn't that big of a deal with the the Panthers game because Wilson had a great game. Sure. But in these games where he's not good in the first half, I wonder if that's a little bit mm. of a part of it that he's just not – you haven't done anything to get him going. Yeah. To, to turn the ignition on the quarterback. All right. Uh, laundry list number six. Allen Iverson, did you see a little – Loved it. Did you see a little – Loved it. Did you see a little Allen Iverson stepping o- over – My family went crazy. Okay. Everyone – well, my wife definitely knew what it was. My yeah. son definitely. My daughter, I had to show her what it was. Yeah. How many people went and did that on their phones right after? Hey, you know, to oh, show everybody what it was. And there was one tweet that had it, it side by side where it showed what the Seahawks did versus what Iverson did, and I'll, I'll let you explain it. But classic, super. Well, classic. I, I can't. I, you, you explain. I mean, you remember the NBA play better than me. My, my kid had to show me that. Remind me of the oh, NBA play. I mean, Tyron I, I, Lue. He he made he a, crossed he, him up, made him fall, fall. and then he ste- after oh, he yeah. made the jumper, hit the jumper, stepped over, and him. that's what 
a Tyler Lockett did. Perfect. The problem was, did he do it before the review of the? Remember, remember it was originally not a touchdown. Then they reviewed it and they changed it. Right. And then he came back. Is, yeah. that, is there something yeah. a little bit yeah. anticlimactic about yeah. coming back and doing the? Yeah, was, are you allowed to come back out onto the field after the review and do the celebration? It's a little bit. It uh, was a little contrived. A little contrived. It was a little contrived. But guess what? Right. They already had it in their mind. If they were going to score a touchdown, this is what they were going to do. Yeah. You got to give it up to him. I think I heard Lockett say that that was originally what they were going to do in L.A. before he ended up handing it off to Mayweather. So they had to get it done. And I, I'm a big fa- I'm a big fan of the NFL celebration. I, I don't know why they were flagging people. It, it makes it fun to see those guys show some creativity, do whatever so they you do. Liked the, I, I knew I you it. would. Yeah, I had it's, a, my it's an NBA player. Yeah, why you, not? You love that. All right, my last, my, I'm going to skip to my last one. And this involves a little bit of a story, a little bit of a background story. So Chris Carson mm. had a touchdown today from one yard out. You probably don't even yeah. you hardly remember. Yeah. But uh, so I happen to like taco time. I'm a taco time. I don't know where you stand on taco time. I know the Tonkins. I happen to like taco yeah. time. And so I have fun with taco mm-hmm. time. And they have a promotion. Oh, they have a promotion. Maybe you know this. Maybe I, don't, not. I, I don't. Maybe. Every rushing touchdown, okay, gets you a free taco on Tuesdays. Okay, so I did you not can know go that. to any Taco Time location. I'll give them a free plug here. Yeah. They're not a sponsor of the Big Mitch Unfiltered. Maybe they want to be someday. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get you get a free taco. So he scored one last week when they uh, beat the Packers on the Thursday mm-hmm. night, and I went on the Tuesday and got my taco. Did you? Oh yeah, I go get my taco. I got a free taco coming. I went and got my taco. <laughs> What are you laughing about? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I just I can't, about? in my mind, I just can't, I can't picture. Okay, well, I'll let you go. I got my taco. And you got, I did, the, I go through the whole thing. You I get do. the taco. Okay. And then <laughs> I, and then I take a picture of it. Okay. And I tweet it out. Oh, you do. And so this past Tuesday, I went and got my Chris Carson inspired taco. Okay. And I tweeted it out. And I got, and I started something that I had no, I, I, I just feel terrible. Because I, I thought I was I thought it was fun and and so I, I, I take a picture of the taco and I tweet out if you want to follow me I'm at Mitch underscore Seattle uh-huh. on Twitter um, I tweet out a picture of the taco and I write something like and I'm paraphrasing thanks to Chris Carson and I tag him yeah uh, not only did he get me fantasy points because he's on my fantasy team okay. but no one cares about that yeah but he got me this bad boy and I show a picture of my taco. <laughs> What are you laughing about? I just can't. So I haven't gotten to the funny part this. yet. Well, it's haven't funny to, the to funny me because I know you. Like, I, did you really do? I this? do this. I do okay. this every Tuesday after the running touchdown. <laughs> okay, especially if it's my guy. Okay. So I tag Taco Time. He yeah. got me this bad boy at yeah. Taco Time, and I show a picture I, uh, and I tag him. Yeah. Taco Time then tweets back. Oh, they do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they write something like "Bold move by you, Mitch. Good for you. You're rewarded." With a nice chicken taco. I, I got a chicken taco. Okay. I don't get a beef taco. Chicken taco. Chicken taco. You're rewarded with a taco. And I thought, all's, all swell. Mm-hmm. Chris Carson gets a load of this. And he takes the words bold move as a put down. And gets pissed. Shut up. I'm not. I'm not Wait kidding. a minute. I'm is not this... this is all true. This is on my laundry list. Oh, I got to go to your timeline. Are you serious? Well, he seemed to get pissed because he then steps in. So, okay, you got the you got the scenario. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm with you. 
Uh, thanks to Chris Carson, not only did he get me points for my fantasy team, Catch he got me this bad boy from Taco Time. Yeah. Taco Time then responds, bold, bold move, bold Mitch, move. and we were gonna, and you're rewarded with a free taco. Yeah. I thought it was nice. Yeah. And then he comes flying Uh-oh. in, Uh-oh. Carson, and he says, relax, Taco Time. Your tacos ain't any good anyway. No. So he's pissed. And the only thing I can... I can. I, I'm. I'm looking at these two. I'm like, what the hell did I just start? I just started a mess. I just got Chris Carson in Taco Time after each other. I, I don't know what the hell's going on. He must have taken the words bold, bold move. move, like to say, like you shouldn't have picked him for yeah, fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> and now Carson, <laughs> Carson's ragging on Taco Time. I'm oh. trying to be a good sport in the whole thing. Yeah. And now I don't know what to do. So I just let it. I just, let, just it let it go. go. I let it go. No. So now. So Carson, now you bring it up. So now, so now, no. So now Carson goes out tonight. To, uh, he goes out. I'm going back on Tuesday, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet the same thing. Second week in a oh row. Oh my god! Now, what do you think? Now, what's your prediction? Is Taco Time gonna not answer at all? Should I not tag Chris Carson on this no. thing? Should I leave him out of this? I don't know what – I started a mess, and I don't even know. I don't even know. Now, you know the people that are following Mitch Unfiltered yeah. and are subscribers because this is coming out. Yeah. Uh, and it will come out prior to the free Taco Tuesday. Yeah. They're going to expect something. They're going to expect to see a tweet from you. On Tuesday. On Tuesday. And which you're probably going to do. Oh, I'm gonna have to get my taco. You're gonna get your taco now. Are right. you gonna Are you gonna take a picture of said taco? Yeah. You want me to take a picture? Yeah. I, I take a picture. Do. Yeah. Take a picture. Yeah. Of now, I'm not sure you're gonna tag Chris Carson on this. That's one. what I'm asking. Well, do you want me to tag Chris Carson? Well, I, I, I'm just glad that Chris Carson. Should is- I try to patch things up? Should I say, Chris, I think you misunderstood Taco Time. Huge fans of Chris Carson, and thank you for my free taco on this too. Should I try, or should I yeah. just let it? What do I do? Who do I tag? Do I tag nobody? Well, yeah, I don't know about that, but I'm just glad, glad that Chris Carson is, is actually standing upright after the helicopter. Unbelievable. Oh How gosh. about that? How about the fact that he nearly comes down on his feet and, and starts, starts running? running again? That was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Uh, you, yeah, you've started something. Guess what I'm going to do with this one? Uh, I'm going to slowly moonwalk out of this one and let uh, you just do whatever you're going to you do. imagine that? All over a free taco? <laughs> I got Carson <laughs> ragging on it. I... I, I Oh, oh dear! Gosh. You All and right. the you and the taco. Didn't you have a Tom Cable? Didn't you have a Tom Cable? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Scared the living daylights yeah, out. Yeah, of that's so, another, yeah. That's another. That's a whole story. another deal. That's a, <laughs> so a lot of drama, taco. Time. I guess. All right. You know, I'm so thrilled to be partnering up again with Al and Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue. He and I arrived to town the very same year. He came from California. I arrived from Washington D.C. And we've been friends and business partners for twenty. Four years. His BMW dealership was the first endorsement I ever did in 1995, and I've been on the air raving about his dealerships ever since. The reason is simple. They do it right. An atmosphere that is different than other car dealerships from the moment you walk through the doors, a pressure-free environment no matter the make, the model, the year, a fabulous pre-owned selection of vehicles for the holidays, and don't get me started on the service department. I just got service on one of our cars about a month ago. It was the easiest thing in the world with a loaner car awaiting me at the front door. 
was trying to figure out how many cars I've either leased or owned from Al's dealerships in the last 24 years. I think it's either eight or nine, including my most recent from Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue. Dimitri, the general manager, texted me last night about the incredible anticipation of Land Rover's reborn Defender in 2019. After going away for a few years, this iconic beauty returns with two different wheelbases and two distinct body styles. I'll let you know in the next few episodes how to get to the top of the VIP list to order a 2019 Defender on Northup Way in Bellevue, Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue. Unfiltered. All right, so the so the Huskies are one game away. One mm-hmm. win away from what, Jason Hamilton? One win away from what? The Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl. Indeed. The Rose Bowl. The big daddy of them all. Have they ever been to the Rose Bowl before? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. I, uh, I can't remember the last time they went to the Rose Bowl. I'm sure they went to the Rose Bowl at some point mm-hmm. in the 2000s. Maybe our next guest... Mm. Can help jog our not ah. our and I, you know I said our next guest he's not even our next guest he's our first guest huge the first guest in the history of the Mitch Unfiltered show and if we get canceled he'll be the last <laughs> guest in the history of the Mitch Unfiltered show here he is the former coach at the University of Washington and my old friend Rick Neuheisel can you help Miss can you can you help us remember Coach who the last coach was that took him to the uh, Took him to the Rose Bowl. Can you help me with that? I'm going to try to jog my own memory as uh, <laughs> age has crept in and this uh, old, tired body. But I'm going to tell you right now, it was 2001, Mitch. <laughs> 2001 when your Huskies found their way down to Pasadena and took on Drew Brees. Mm. Uh-huh. How about how, that's how long ago it was when, Methuth- when Methuselah was still in college. Uh, he... Uh, he was the quarterback of the vaunted Purdue Boilermakers, and he took on the Huskies, and he shouldn't have tried that because the dogs were ready for him. 34-24 Huskies in the Rose Bowl. Marcus Tuiasasopo named the player of the game. It was one of those magical days, my friend. Magical. All right. And how do you game plan against Drew Brees? Do you know? How do you, how do, you do that? You know, it's interesting. As we sit here and we watch him post the numbers that he's poaching, posting for the Saints, and you see these, I mean, what is he, 77% as a passer now? Mm-hmm. And, and one of the games as we got ready to play them last year, and ironically, his offensive coordinator at the time was a guy by the name of Jim Chaney, who's now the offensive coordinator for Georgia, who is going to play mm-hmm. in the SEC championship game here coming up. Uh, they in one game through 82 times, 82 times. Uh-huh. Well, if you have Drew Brees, that's probably pretty good coaching because he, in my mind, invented the term throw people open. Mm. I, 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 I go back in my mind and I go, when did I first hear that term, throw people open? And I'm almost positive it revolved around the ability that Drew Brees has to throw behind receivers and away from defenders so that and we call it commonly now back shouldering Mm -hmm. but he was the guy at all six feet of him i remember meeting him at disneyland at that uh at that uh, rose bowl and he was very nice to my three boys who are all fully grown now uh and he, he 
I just remember meeting him. I go, this is Drew Brees. Oh, my goodness. Well, he's, he had what a nice college career, but he'll never make it at the next level. <laughs> he's not big enough. And, and not only has he made it, he's going to break every record known to man. I know there are Tom Brady fans, and for good reason, but this guy has been remarkable given his stature. But uh, he's the guy in my mind, Mitch, that said, I'm going to throw people open, and he has done so for since 2001 when he played his last collegiate game because uh, the Huskies took him to task uh, that day. And, and what, what kind of game did he have that day in the Rose Bowl? He had a good game. I mean, they, they, were, they were darn good. Uh, they had a kid by the name of Taylor Stubblefield that was a receiver. Uh, but but it, was, it was about Marcus. It was about Marcus and uh, our veer option. And, you know, I rem- if you go back and look at the opening kickoff, uh, I think we had 10 freshmen on the field of the 11 players. Wow. 10 freshmen running wow. down the field, either freshmen or redshirt freshmen. And it was a real young team, but it was a really fun team. And if you'll recall, Curtis Williams was mm. in the stadium that day. Yes, I do. Curtis had suffered that traumatic injury, uh, you know, was left paralyzed. And we lost Curtis in April following that January 1st day. And But he was there, and the buses as we drove into the stadium got word that Curtis didn't want to be in the press box, which had been arranged. He wanted to be down in the locker room with his teammates. And so I said, fine, whatever Curtis wants, Curtis gets. And, but I told, I, I said, no one gets off the buses before I get on them. Mm. So I can tell everybody and alert them what they're about to walk wow. into. Wow. And, uh, there was not a dry eye in that locker room. I, I, I get choked up just thinking about it. And yet the happiest guy in the room was the guy wearing in, in Curtis Williams Jersey. He'd probably lost 30 to 40 pounds since the injury in late October uh, but there he was, and grinning from ear to ear, and I think we all looked at each other, and we ain't losing today. We are not losing today. And so you didn't. It was really fun. It was, no, we didn't. We won the game and hoisted the trophy and said, this is for you, Curtis, and, and uh, still feel that way. How surprised are you, Rick? Rick Neuheisel, our first guest. I'm so honored and touched and privileged. We go back a long time. Um, how surprised are you that we're talking about the Huskies having not been back there in whatever it is, 17, 16, 17, 18? They're a win away against Utah from going back to the Rose Bowl. Um, how surprised are you about that? Well, to be fair, Chris Peterson made the you know the Final Four just a few years ago, yep. so they would have gone back had it been the same circumstances as it was when I was coaching. Uh, so they've had some championship seasons, but uh, – it, it's it's going to be gratifying uh, if it comes to pass to see purple back in in the Rose Bowl. It, it, it's such a cool event. The Husky fans that traveled in there, I think we we're twenty five, thirty thousand strong. We're so glad to be there. Of course, they'd been there through the Don James era, and you know played for the big prize in those early nineties. And 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 you know it's such a proud program. And so I just congratulate Chris Peterson on the job that he's done. Uh, it's a great apple cup in the snow, and uh, I, I got my fingers crossed that they can get it done and, and uh, return to Pasadena where the dogs know uh, how to get things accomplished. And you know that that's always been the main goal, at least for 100 years, that was the main goal to get to the Rose Bowl. This team, because of the current system, it was a little bit different. Everybody wanted a national championship. Everybody wanted a return to the Final Four. They lose three games. They lose to Auburn at the beginning of the year. Then they lose a couple that they could have won in the Pac-12. So 
Husky fans might be a little bit, I don't know, conflicted. They want to go to the Rose Bowl, of course. I asked on Twitter, 33% said if they go to the Rose Bowl, an unbridled success, 53% slight success. And there were 15% or 14% of Husky fans, Rick, said three losses, too many considering my hopes for this team with Jake Browning in his senior year. It's a slight disappointment one way or the other. Your reaction to that? Yeah, I, I, listen, it's it's what we we bargained for when we went to a four-team playoff. It's what we saw what happened with the BCS. You know, some of these bowl games became consolation prizes with the expectations so sky high for these uh, well-heeled programs. Uh, listen, the Huskies, if they'd look back in their own crystal balls and see just a few years ago, they would remember how desperate they were just to have winning seasons. And the fact that they, Chris Peterson has returned them to national prominence is, is a really cool thing. Uh, they've been to the playoff. Uh, you know, I was saying this regardless if it was Washington or Washington State. I'd rather go to the Rose Bowl than have to go play Alabama <laughs> after what I've seen of them. This is a better deal, trust me. Uh, and, and I think when you go in and you take all the pomp and circumstance that go along with uh, the pageantry that goes along with the, the granddaddy of them all, you won't worry that uh, you might have liked to have been someplace else. This is going to feel like a championship season, and deservedly so. Uh, you know, I know there were some bumps in the road, uh, the Auburn game early, and then uh, obviously a couple of tough losses uh, to Oregon on the road and, 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 and so forth. Listen, those things happen. Those things happen. But for Jake Browning to have a chance to play for yet another conference title and for uh, the seniors on this team to get to finish, hopefully in Pasadena, would be an unbelievable feather in their cap and something they'll never forget. Would the Cougars be in a position to go to the Final Four now that you know what happened this past weekend? Had they taken care of business against Washington, Rick? Well, now that we know what had happened, the answer is yes. Because, you know, different than Oklahoma – and I was shocked that the Oklahoma, they didn't pass Oklahoma the week before because the committee saw fit to move Central Florida above Ohio State, moving from 11 to 9, and Ohio State sitting at 10 because of their near uh, loss to Maryland and you know obviously didn't play very good defense, giving up uh, 51 points in that game. But that was the same scenario as Washington State's you know dominant win over Arizona and Oklahoma's you know, kind of struggle with Kansas. I mean, they gave up 250 yards to uh, the Kansas running back uh, in that game. And, and so why wouldn't you move those two uh, or switch places with those two as you did with uh, Ohio State and Central Florida? But they didn't. But given what could have happened had they won the Apple Cup, I think they would be sitting there, you know, probably in the six hole this week uh, with Ohio State probably sitting in the seven hole and with an excellent chance playing for a conference championship uh, to make some noise, especially if those other two teams were unsuccessful. I don't know that they would have had to worry. Although Ohio State is such a big brand. We go back to 2014 and remember what they did to TCU and Baylor, who they sat behind going into the championship week. They had that big game against Wisconsin and vaulted over the top of both of those programs. And So you never know, but uh, I guess we'll never find that one out. Let me uh, take a look at the top four or five. Of course, it'll be out here in the next day or two from when we're recording this uh, this podcast. I, I'd imagine Alabama win or lose against Georgia in the SEC title game. 
are in. I'll say, uh, you tell me if I'm wrong with any of these statements. Clemson, are they in either way? Losing to could they lose to Pittsburgh and still get in? Notre Dame is in. And if Georgia loses, would you favor Ohio State or Oklahoma, depending upon their outcomes in their in their conference championship games? I think you're probably right, assuming that the losses by Alabama and Clemson would be field goals at the buzzer, something, you know, overtime-ish. If one of those teams gets run out of the stadium, which would be shocking to all, I doubt that they get the nod, especially if both Ohio State and Oklahoma are big winners. Mm-hmm. Uh but aside from that, if, if it comes to pass that Alabama, Clemson, and we already know Notre Dame's going to be in, if those two teams win their respective championship games and both Ohio State and Oklahoma win, and let's just say by the same margin, okay? Yeah. I'm going to lean Ohio State based on the complete, the complete body of work. Now, there are going to be people who will argue with me on that, and I understand it because of the loss to Purdue and, and uh, not looking very good against Maryland and so forth. But five times Oklahoma has given up more than 40 points this year. Only once is that true of Ohio State. Uh, and I'm just arbitrarily using the number 40 because I can make the case 5-1. to one. Uh, But, but that, those, that's the facts. Oklahoma has been brilliant offensively. The same can be said about Ohio State for much of the season. You know, Oklahoma's uh, one loss is to Texas. Texas is probably going to be a top-10 team this week, and it was 48-45. They came back from 21 down to get back in it, and, and, Penn, and Ohio State's loss was, you know, much more thorough uh, in West Lafayette. That being said, I just think it's a more complete team, and the way – that Ohio State looked in this last game against Michigan. They made Michigan look pedestrian. Yeah, uh, and, stunning. And given that, stunning. I, I, yeah, it was stunning. Exactly right. Uh, I, I just think they're going to have their eyes on that. And if they do the same thing against Northwestern, albeit Northwestern not a, you know, a championship caliber team, having not even won a non-conference game, I just think that there's a real chance that they're going to lean towards them because of what they look like on both sides of the ball unless Oklahoma has some dramatic change and they play really great off uh, defense this week if that were to happen then I might flip my my uh, my choice but right now I'm going to lean the Buckeyes, assuming that they win the identical game this weekend. Rick Neuheisel uh, with us, uh, the first ever guest on the Mitch Unfiltered podcast. Jay Ham is here also. Uh, before I let you go, and we actually do a little more chatter for the bonus for one of the bonus episodes, um, I, I took my family to the movies on Saturday. We were coming home later in the evening, and my 13-year-old son says to me on the way home, "Dad, Texas A&M." beat LSU 74-72, to and my first thought was, since when does my 13-year-old son care that much about SEC basketball in a, in a, game, in a game in November? I mean, I mean it's, it's, it, and it's not even Kentucky. He's a basketball he, fan. He must he, have been thinking of looking at the hula girls in the Maui uh, Classic, right? <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, what, 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 why is he telling me a basketball score? But he wasn't, and, and – this is one of the craziest results. I guess it lends itself to a discussion on the on the tie on the overtime process in college football. I don't know I, where I you, actually, you stand on all I that. I agree with you, Mitch. I think there is absolutely going to be a rule change following that. 
Really? That, that, that's, that's asking too much of these kids. Yeah. There's got to be a way to finish it earlier. Now, this, I think, is the third game that's gone to the seventh overtime. I think we had one in the MAC uh, a year ago, maybe two years ago, and Houston Nutt coached in one uh, while at Arkansas. Uh, but but I, I just think when you get past three, and, and, and I coached in a three, and I remember my heart being on my sleeve as we played in that Apple Cup in the third overtime. I, I, to ask more of that, I think somebody would have had to distribute Valium. I mean, it was just <laughs> – it, 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 it gets ridiculous. And I saw that same thing on Ed Ogeron's face last night. He was – it was – the, the tension becomes unbelievable. But just how much, you know, you're asking of the kids because – you, it's hard to put backups in and you know rest guys when you're in overtime. All you right. want your best guys out there, and right. and they want to be out there. They don't want to come out of a game when this could be the last play of the game. What's so, the solution? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to put, you think about it now. I, I as you know, I just took a new job. I know you did. I just took a new job with the Arizona Hotshots of the Alliance of American Football. And our overtime rule, as I'm hearing, uh-huh. is going to be uh, from the 10. We're going to go from the 10-yard line in, four downs. There's no field goals and uh, a two-point conversion if you make it. And if both teams, if you tie at the end of the conversion, it's a tie. Hmm. So, uh, but it's a one-deal, uh, one one go round, uh, and for for health reasons. Hmm. And and I just think, as you saw. The, and, and it became easier as the thing went on for you to score because guys were gassed. They were absolutely out of gas. And uh, I, I, I'll be curious to see if it doesn't prompt a rule change because right. it, it got a little it got a little crazy right there. All right, I have but questions. Nick, I, I have I, questions. I know. I, I know you do. But I, I've got something for you. I know, I've but I, I want I want to tell everybody that I got questions for you on Jake. Browning, Jacob Beeson, and some more Husky-related conversation. I want to ask you about Urban Meyer in our little bonus, our little bonus conversation for the patrons, the patrons of yeah. the radio program. As, what do you? I mean, leave it to you. Will there be? Uh, will there be green jackets distributed <laughs> to the Will there be anything like that that will be handed out to the uh, fine folks? Well, Mitch, I'm happy good. to talk as long as you'd like to talk. As you know, I've missed you. Thank you. But in missing you, I felt, you know, as this is our first show back together, I, I thought it uh, would be appropriate to, to kind of serenade you. Is that, is that okay? Yes. In, in, uh, in our first episode? Yes. All right, hang on for a second. Yeah. Hang on. We're going to see if this works. Okay. All right, Mitch. I'm ready. This is uh, just a little something just to welcome you back. Welcome back We've missed your voice every day Welcome back There's been so much to say No one feels our pain They don't wear our shoes Especially when our mistakes end up on front page news Oh Mitch, you know we miss you Schnoz, we know we miss you Thank God I wasn't with ya. No, I wasn't with ya. I'm gonna tease you a lot, cause Peter King took my spot. Welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Mitch's our guy, he's our guy, he's our guy. 
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Unbelievable. Yeah, there you go. Wow. There you go. Wow. That's all I got for you, man. (laughs) (laughs) You're the best. Thank you very much. I hope that uh, you'll make some regular appearances, you know, I'm not a radio guy. I'm not a high paid. And, and if Peter King wants my spot, you tell him to go to hell. I want this spot, all right? I know he's got his trainer and he's paying top dollar in fitness. Oh, that's his, great. It's uh, premium. But, just uh, notice. Tell him to just wait. Just notice who I asked to be my first ever guest yes. on Mitch Unfiltered. Was it Peter King or you? Now, granted, <laughs> I, I, I don't have a way of reaching Peter right now. But, uh. Yeah, and it, was, it would have been cumbersome for him to sing while he was playing the uh, trumpet. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it very much. It means a whole lot to me. Thank you very much. You're my guy, man. World-class steakhouses. That's all I have to say, and you know who I'm referring to, Daniel's Broiler. Daniel's goal has always been to serve their guests the world's finest steaks. For example, USDA Prime Steaks are at the top of all graded beef in America, and it remains the foundation of Daniel's success. And being at the top of all graded beef means you've earned the title of America's finest steaks. But Daniel's goal has always been to serve them. So Daniel's has made additions to the USDA Prime family. Now serving a hand-cut, exceptionally marbled, and very tender 8-ounce Wagyu filet. Or enjoy an 8-ounce grass-fed, hormone, and antibiotic-free Piedmontese filet. Try Daniel's Flight of Filet Mignon, which offers 4-ounce servings of the USDA Prime, the Wagyu, and the Piedmontese served together. Daniel's serves the world's finest steaks, and it's locally owned by the Schwartz family. South Lake Union, Leshine Marina, and Bellevue Place, Daniel's Broiler, world-class steakhouses. Unfiltered. You got to love Rick Neuheisel, don't you? Oh, he's a beauty. You got to love Rick Neuheisel. And remember, remember, as much as you love that previous segment, there's more. Mm. There's more on a bonus episode for patrons only. Yep. More of Rick Neuheisel on the Huskies, on Jake Browning, on Jacob Eason, the new uh, quarterback next year, on how right. good they can be, on Urban Meyer. I want to talk to, I want to talk to Rick Neuheisel about his thoughts on Urban Meyer and mm-hmm. the year that he's had. So there's more Rick Neuheisel coming on a bonus episode. How how'd you like the song? Did you like the Welcome Back song? I mean, it's cl- unbelievable. It, he's huh? good, right? He's Best just- line is the Peter King line. Oh yeah. He took my spot. For sure, for sure. All right. For We're sure. going to get into Mr. Postseason to finish things off on this uh, episode number two of the uh, the Mitch Unfiltered. Remember, available on iTunes. Go to iTunes, subscribe, rate the, rate the podcast. Only. Give us a five star if you don't mind. It's all brought to you by Daniel's Broiler, Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue, and Zeke's Pizza. Available on iTunes. Soon to be available on everywhere. Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. I don't know what these things are. But, oh, and I was asked on Thanksgiving by people who came over, friends who came over, is Alexa going to have it at some point? I don't know the answer to that yet. Alexa, do you know Alexa? Do you have Alexa? I don't have Alexa. Okay. People want to know if ultimately they can say, Alexa, play Mitch Unfiltered. I I don't know the answer to that. But I'm going to try to find out. Maybe we can get it on Alexa as well. Uh, Before we get to Mr. Postseason, let's cover a couple things that we talked about on the bonus episode the other night that... The masses didn't hear because they're not patrons. To become a patron, right. you got to go to MitchUnfiltered.com right. and click the patron button. But uh, Apple Cup, talk to New Heisel about it. Your boys, you had fun. 
28-15. They they, they go rolled them. So Browning goes four and zero against Washington State. Huge. I don't think I don't think Peterson hasn't lost to Washington State. He's won Huge. the Apple Cup. Is it's just they knock Washington State. It looks like they knock Washington State out of a chance. They may have had a a real a chance. Real chance yeah. As it turns out, they may have had a real chance. And so uh, Browning goes eleven of fourteen. It's funny he goes eleven of fourteen for two oh seven. And yet he makes a couple of critical mistakes yeah. that leave Washington State in it. Now, Kook fans would say, wait a second, Mitch, we made mistakes too, and they did. Sure. But the interception at the beginning in the end zone after they went right down the field. Yeah. And then there was a fumble, fumble. later. Yeah. yeah. So he made but but overall in the snow, eleven to fourteen, two oh seven. And Miles Gaskin, can we can we just spend Four ten seconds on Miles? One thousand yard rushing. Is he seasons. underrated? Yes, because he's small. But he's crafty. He's tough. He just—he's the all-time it. leading rusher, and by a landslide in Husky football history. Yeah. And I don't feel like—I don't feel like he get. Is he thought? I don't remember. I wasn't. No, when Na- Napoleon, Napoleon Coffin. No, because yeah. I was. That was my era, and, and and Nip was just a couple of years ahead of me. And Nip. Yeah, that's his, yeah. Okay, yeah, Nip. Yeah. We'll call him Nip from here so, on. So you know, he's he's running. So fast, he's four three and guys right, and right. running over guys at right. his stature. And this is when Washington's rolling. And you know, when you're part of that era, you know, a juggernaut of a program. Plus, you're the lead back and you're a Heisman Trophy candidate. All eyes are on you. Miles Gaskin has just been a guy that's come in and has worked and has been, you know, kind of like, oh, this guy, he, you know, he's shifty and he, oh, look at it. he's got another hundred yard game. Oh, another hundred yard game, and just constantly chipping away and doing his thing. And if you think about Miles Gaskin and Jake Browning and, and their perceived um, legacies at Washington, I'd be curious to know how Husky fans feel about Miles Gaskin versus how they feel about Jake Browning because both these guys have put up ridiculous numbers, have won the yeah. same amount of games, yeah. but one plays quarterback, one plays running back. Well, maybe Miles Gaskin will be the type of guy that he'll be more appreciated five or ten years mm-hmm. from now. I don't know that he'll ever be an NFL player. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll he'll hang on an NFL team. But I don't know. I, the Either 40, one of them. He's been just ter- – I mean, I just think yeah. he's he's been kind of underrated and he's been terrific and he was great again. That 80-yard run was huge. Oh. And, and I love what Hunter Bryant brings to the table. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about Hunter Bryant. Number one, he's been hurt all year with that sure. knee injury and he's a sophomore. At e- I know he's an East Side Catholic guy. Yeah. But big catches, third and sixteen, big catches. a tight end going way over the middle, making a play, catching a ball, going make a great run after the catch. Yeah. He made a, a decent catch on the flea flicker for a touchdown. He brings a di- an extra dimension. And I'm just telling you, they play at five o'clock on Friday in the Pac-12 championship game. And I saw last night or or today that they're a four and a half point favorite. I I know you don't want to hear this because you you just want to play the game. Can I can I get somebody some I, I'll take some action at four and a half. Really, they're going to blow Utah out. Okay, now see, listen, they're going to blow. Come on, Mitch. Utah. Listen to me. Twenty-one to seven, they beat them the fir- the third game of the season. I know that Utah's hot. They've won seven of eight or what have you. They've got a running quarterback who's a freshman. He's a backup. The the main guy got hurt. Yep. They got a backup running back. In our in our bonus episode, you yes. went all in. They you will, went all in on this. You hold me to this. Well, and, and Washington by two touchdowns or more. Oh. Washington wins the game, and it's a laugher. Washington wins a laugher in the Pac-12 championship game on Friday night a in Santa. Laugher. A laugher, and they play in the Rose Bowl. 
You mark my words. Wow. Look, if this po- look, look, if this podcast is going to be about predictions, we're not going to last very long because no. my predictions are not any better than anybody <laughs> else's. I'm probably 50-50 like everybody else, like a coin. I just I feel very strongly about this. If I, if I were in Vegas on Friday night, which I won't be, I'm putting I'm putting a taco time free taco <laughs> on the uh, line. On the line against four and if it stays there's no way that line is staying at four and a half. No way that line's staying at four and a half. Washington wins going away. They're playing in the Rose Bowl. You mark my words on that. Okay? Okay. All right. Tiger versus Phil, real quickly. Snoozer. Garbage fest. And you didn't watch it. I didn't because I knew it was going to be a garbage fest because you have two guys that should have played this one-on-one, the match, 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, well, they played it, and they were like a bunch of three or four handicaps playing it. They were terrible. It was a pillow fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was boring. Uh, they had a mic'd. I told you on the bonus episode, poor Phil. I mean, I'm not a Phil guy. Like a I mean, walrus. Let me tra- let me see if I can if I can do my imitation okay. because they had a mic'd, and so in between shots, which is by the way interminable. Sure. Is that a word? Interminable. Yeah, especially when you're, there's no other coverage. Nobody's it's just those two. And so you got to listen. And and God bless Tiger. He's not a conversationalist. Yeah. And they try. He tried. He was trying hard, and Phil was trying hard. But it was it was there was no chemistry between them. And they had mics on him, and so you're listening to him incessantly. And here's how Phil sounded as he walked from Uh-oh. shot to shot. <sighs> it wasn't that bad, was he it? He was huffing and puffing and blowing the house down. I mean, and not blowing the house down. It was awful. The whole thing. <sighs> No birdies, no good play, yeah, nobody making a putt. They ended up playing a 93-yard par three in the dark and lights. It just was a, it was a total mess. I can't believe that any on any grounds it was a success. I'll be surprised if they ever do it again. Thank God, though, I didn't know. I'm like the only guy in the world that didn't know about the technical glitch. Mm-hmm. So I paid for it. Mitch paid for it. They're laughing at me in New York. I paid for it, but I heard that because of the technical glitch, I'm getting my money back. Let me ask you. Xfinity's giving me my 20 bucks back. Let me ask you a question. Yes, yes. Do you think that uh, that it really... Now I'm being cynical, and I'm being a, a super... like cons- like cons- being mis- No, I'm being, I'm being a conspiracy theorist right here. Okay. Do you think that the buys were so low and so bad that they didn't want to announce what the buys were? And so they said... Techni- yeah, I think so. I think te- there's a chance. Technical glitch. It's free. We can't really tell you who paid, who didn't pay, because they were expecting all these buys and no one cared. Yes, I think there's a chance. Thank you. I think there's a chance that only one person paid for it <laughs> in America. If that's what you're asking me, yeah, it I was think you. A, I think, it was you. I think I'm the it only was you. one. Okay. All right. Now you ready for Mr. Postseason? I'm going to do better. Mr. Postseason's going to do better. I, Mr. Postseason was really, really rusty, but it wasn't Mr. Po- it wasn't Mr. Playoffs. It was his twin brother. It's his first go around. <laughs> he was really rusty in the bonus. Did episode. you think that? Yeah, yeah. I didn't like. I didn't like Mr. Postseason's performance. Okay. But I think Mr. Post Mr. Postseason's performance is going to be a lot better, a lot better this time around. You do? Yeah. Uh, in the AFCs, let's start with the AFC. We'll go. Mm-hmm. We'll whiz through the AFC. Okay. All right. Let's do it. New England won uh, on Sunday, eight and three. The Dolphins lost five and six. Buffalo four and seven, three and eight. New England wins the West. We're yes. gonna uh, wins the East, East rather. Yes. We're gonna make New England the East Division champs mm-hmm. as of today, right? Mm-hmm. The Pittsburgh Steelers lost. Denver. He threw a late interception. Ben Roethlisberger. I yeah. watched it through a late interception. They're seven, three and one. Baltimore wins six and five. Cincinnati loses to Cleveland five and six, four, six and one. We're gonna make the Steelers today the AFC North. 
division ch- champs, but it gets a little closer mm-hmm. with Baltimore winning and Pittsburgh losing. In the AFC South, Houston on Monday night football, we'll see. Indianapolis beat Miami 6-5. and five. Tennessee on Monday night football, Jacksonville's out of it 3-8. and eight. For today, we'll make Houston the winner of the AFC so. South. If the season ended today, which it doesn't, it's stupid even to talk Correct. about. In the AFC West, Kansas City 9-2. and two. The Chargers win again 8-3. and three. They're putting the heat on them, but mm-hmm. the Chargers lost in Los Angeles to start the season. So right. the Chiefs are not only a game up on them, but they also have a game in hand. So it's more than a one-game lead. Mm-hmm. We'll make the Chiefs the winner of the, of the West if the season ended today. Got it? Got it. Okay. So uh, let's talk about wild cards. All right? Wild cards in the AFC. First, let's order the division winners. Mm-hmm. We'll make... 9-2 Kansas City, the number one seed in the AFC. Seahawk fans are hoping that they can run away and hide before they play sure, in week 16 sure. of the NFL season. Uh, New England at 8-3 moves up to the number two spot because Pittsburgh lost. Correct. So they would be the two bye teams. And remember, New England holds the playoff tiebreaker with Kansas City for that top bye if they should win because they played on a Sunday night in New England That's beat right. them. All right. Houston at seven and three is better than seven three and one Pittsburgh until Houston plays on Monday night. So we're going to make Houston the three seed, Pittsburgh the four seed. Pittsburgh dropped all the way right. from two to Big four. Loss for them, yeah. The Chargers seem destined to be the number one wild card because it doesn't look like they're going to catch the Chiefs, but they've got a great record and they're going to be in the playoffs. And then right now, Baltimore six and five is is in. Indianapolis at six and five is seven out. Tennessee five and five. Then comes Miami, Cincinnati, and Denver. So, uh, if the season ended today, which it doesn't, it's stupid to even talk about. In the AFC, you'd have Kansas City and New England sitting out, and they've been the best teams in the AFC. You'd have a, a, a wild card round matchup of Baltimore at Houston. Okay. And you'd have the Chargers at Pittsburgh. I think that would be a good Chargers Pittsburgh. Yeah, Chargers well, at Pittsburgh. Sling it, yeah. And and that could be a really good mm. uh, opening round game in the AFC. That's the way the AFC looks. I went. Mr. Postseason went really fast through the AFC. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the NFC, which is what most of our listeners, not all of them, most of our podcast listeners. Sure. And don't forget, Mitch Unfiltered, MitchUnfiltered.com. If you want to become a patron. Mr. Postseason says, go to MitchUnfiltered.com, click the Patreon button, and then you'll be uh, eligible for the bonus episodes. NFC. We'll start in the East. Dallas and Washington are 6-5 and five after oh. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. They split this season. So they're done. And the Redskins have played one less divisional game than the Cowboys. So the Cowboys are 3-1 and one against the East. The Redskins are 2-1. and one. That would be the next tiebreaker after head-to-head. And so, for now, we're going to make the Redskins the winner, uh, the Cowboys the winner at 6-5, and and the Redskins are second. Now, you're going to need to help Mr. Postseason, okay? Whenever I bring up the Redskins for the rest of this podcast, I'm just going to say Colt McCoy. That's right. Colt McCoy. That's it. That's it. You, you, you're in my mind. Yeah, Colt McCoy. Every time I say Washington, it's going to really be helpful to the Seattle Seahawks fans. Okay. Just every time I say Washington, you say... Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, okay? Because Colt McCoy's taking them nowhere. I can't believe... I, well, I don't know, but yeah. I can't believe... Mr. Postseason can't believe that Colt McCoy's taking them anywhere. Yeah. All right? So, that's your role. I'm in there. All right, in the north, Chicago 8-3. and three. Mm-hmm. So, Minnesota beats Green Bay. 
Correct. And that means that Minnesota is 6-4-1. and one. A tiebreaker. Green Bay is now 4-6-1, and one, and they're just about out of it. Yeah, they're hanging Aaron on Aaron Rodgers can't give us the whole R-E-L-A-X. Nope. They're just about they, – they, they might still be – if they win out, maybe. We'll get to that in a second. But Minnesota now – is a is a nice six four and one at least for this year. Sure, we'll get there in a second. In the South, New Orleans wins it ten and one. Carolina falls to six and five with the huge loss, gargantuan loss to the to the Seahawks. Atlanta and Tampa four and seven, four and seven. They're just about out of it. Um, NFC West, the Rams are ten and one. Seattle six and five. The other two teams are out of it. So we're going to make Dallas, Chicago, New Orleans, and the Rams the divisional winners mm-hmm. if the season ended today, which it doesn't. Stupid even talk about. Stupid. Let's make them. Uh, let's make the Saints at ten and one the number one seed because they beat the Rams in head to head. Both teams are ten mm-hmm. and one, so we'll make the Saints the one seed, the Rams the two seed, and give them buys. That leaves the Bears at three, eight and three, the three seed. Dallas as a divisional winner right. gets the four, four seed. seed as a six and five team, and then we've got Minnesota at six, four and one. We've got Washington at six and five. Colt McCoy. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Seattle at six and five, as well, at the uh, the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. All right, and Carolina six and five, Philadelphia five and six, Green Bay now four six and one, Atlanta four and seven. All right. So if the season ended today, which it doesn't, and it's stupid to even talk about, here would be your first round matchups. You'd have the Rams and the Saints sitting at home watching. Nice. You'd have the Redskins, Colt McCoy playing at the Bears, and Minnesota playing at Dallas in the first round of the Ooh. NFC playoffs, and the Seahawks are just this close the to being in. Mm-hmm. They're not in right this very moment. They're just a little behind Washington. Colt McCoy. Okay, so let's talk about the Seahawks and the rest of the season and what they accomplished by beating the Panthers. Okay, All let's right? do it. Okay. The Seahawks are 6-5. and five. They're now 5-3 five and three in the NFC. They've got five games left, two against San Francisco. They'll be favored in both. For sure. One at home against Arizona. They may be double-digit favored <laughs> in that one. That's right. three. Then they've got that Minnesota game at home. They might be slight favorites, and they've got Kansas City in Week 16 at home. Those are their five games. Obviously, they control their own destiny for the wild card. Yes. If the Seattle Seahawks win out, they finish 11-5. and five. They do no worse than the wild card. In the NFC, almost assuredly, they'd be the number one right. wild card. They're not catching the Rams. Okay. No, they'd be the number one wild card. No, but I'm they saying can, in the West. Yep, that's why I'm saying they can in the West. still catch the Rams. Oh, if they on. win out and the Rams lose out. <laughs> okay. They're not see, catching the Rams. I'm just, sorry, Mr. Mr. Postseason has to be CS. thorough. Okay. I'm we got to be thorough. I'm sorry. If they win out yes. and the Rams lose out, the Seahawks are your divisional okay. champions. Okay. 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 Uh, anything less than that, 11 and 5. 11 and 5 in. So the, the real question that needs to be pondered these next several weeks is how much room for error hmm. do the Seahawks have? They're six and five. They went out there 11 and five. Can they lose one and get in? That makes them 10 and six. Can they lose two and get in? That makes them nine and seven. Can they lose three and get in? That makes them eight and eight. First, some history for you that we shared on the bonus episode. In the last 16 years since they realigned the divisions and the conferences, there have been 64 teams. There has been exactly the same amount of 10 and 6 teams that didn't get in, that got somehow left out in the cold, mm-hmm. as 9 and 7 teams that did get in. Eight. 
Okay. Eight, 10, and six teams since 2002 somehow didn't make it. And eight, nine, and seven teams since 2002 somehow slipped in they as a wild card. It. I'm not okay. talking about the yeah, year yeah, they, yeah. that they, they won, won the division, the division and, in the West. Play the yeah, Saints, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. talking about that. All right. So for this year, 10 and six is almost certainly in. I'm going to I'm going to get Mr. Postseason is going to make it 98%. If the Seahawks go 10 and 6, you can book your ticket to wherever they go. Sure. They're going to the playoffs at 10 and 6. That means at 6 and 5, they can go 4 and 1 the rest of the way. It probably doesn't matter who that one loss is to. 10 and 6 is going to get them into the playoffs. That's just the complexion because of they've got now the tiebreaker with the Panthers think about it if they got to 10 and 6 that somebody the teams would have to go 11 and 5 to outdo them in the in the wild card race it's not happening okay 10 and 6 is going to be safe and sound to get in the real question of the day and of the week and of the month is what you're thinking which is do they have room for error can they lose to Mitch Mr. Postseason can they lose two? <laughs> Mr. Postseason. Can, can they, they get lose it? Two? Can they get in at nine and seven? Can they go three and two? Lose the Chiefs game and lose one of the other games. Okay. Okay. Can this be a year where a nine and seven team gets in, like those eight other mm-hmm. previous times? times yeah. And if so, can the Hawks be that nine and seven team that gets in? If there is a nine and seven team that gets in. Can you tell me? Yeah, well, I want to answer the second question first. Okay. The Seahawks, if they lose twice and get to 9-7, and seven, you want one of the losses to be the Chiefs game. Sure. Because AFC. it's an AFC game it. and it's a tiebreaker issue. If the other game is, is not Minnesota, if they slip up unexpectedly against either Arizona or San Francisco, but they win the Minnesota game yep. and they get to 9-7, and seven, here's what their profile would be. They would be a nine and seven team, but they would have an eight and four record against the NFC because they would have lost in their seven games the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos in this scenario. Right. Right? Right. They would be a very good looking nine and seven team. So I'm going to answer the second question okay. first. All right. Interesting. Which is if a nine and seven team is going to get in, if the Seahawks can just not lose to the Vikings. The Vikings is, a, is an issue. Yeah, that is a, tiebreaker it's deal. It's an issue. Yeah. Well, there's no tiebreaker with the Vikings. They they need they need the Vikings. They need to they need to hand hand the Vikings a fifth loss. Right. Okay. Because we're gonna get to them. I think they're a good looking nine and seven team, and I would say, let's look at what would cause them not to make the playoffs at nine and seven. Okay. Okay. It would mean two teams would have to be wild card teams. Better than nine and seven because they're going to win most tiebreakers. Okay. Right, right. At eight and four versus the conference with wins over the Cowboys and wins over the, the Panthers and not having played the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Colt McCoy. Thank you very much. Yep. And and the Eagles needing six in a row to get to ten and six. They're going to be a great looking nine and seven team. So what would have to happen for them not to make the playoffs at nine and seven? Well, the Panthers would have to presumably get to ten and six, and they're six and five now. So they would have to go four and one the rest of the way. 
They've got the Saints twice. No, sir. Falcons, Browns, and Bucks. Yeah, the rest of that's pretty good. Okay. The rest of that's But they still good. have to go four and one yeah. and get to ten. But two of these things would have to happen, sure. right? Two sure. teams sure. Would, sure. Have to, sure. would have to outdo them. Washington. Colt McCoy. I'm not even going to say anything about Washington. I'm not yeah, even going through no, it. I'm, not, I'm saving my breath. There's nothing. Okay? I'm not even going to say. They're six. They're and, done. I, I, I cannot believe Washington's going to get to ten and six. All right? All right. So Dallas. Dallas would have to get to 10 and 6 because they're not going to win a tiebreaker with the Seahawks because what happened on week one beat them. or week three? Seahawks beat them. Seahawks beat them. So Dallas right now has the Saints, the Eagles, the Bucks, the Colts, and the Giants. And they are 6 and 5. Mm-hmm. I'll say that again. They have the Saints this coming week. They've got the Eagles, the Bucks, the Colts. They're at the Colts and the Giants. They got to get to 10 and 6. Okay, maybe. But Maybe. unlikely. Maybe, but unlikely. Minnesota is the one team that really causes a problem for a 9-7 and seven Seahawks team. And we're supposing that the Seahawks beat the Vikings, right? Right. So the Vikings are 6-4-1. and one. That's a fifth loss, right? Yeah. But to beat a 9-7 and seven Seahawks team for the postseason, what do they have to finish with one tie? What do they have to finish? 10-5-1. and 9-6-1. Oh, excuse me. No, to beat a nine oh, and seven Seahawks team, all they got to do is get to nine, nine six, six and one. one. They're at six four and one right now. I said ten six, ten right. five and one. Yeah, right. They nine, only have to get to one. nine six and one right. to beat the with Seahawks that tie, with that tie game. With yeah. that tie game, yeah. and so they have four losses right now. The loss to the Seahawks in our in our equation would be a fifth loss. They still need two more losses, two more even after the Seahawks game to get that seventh loss. Yeah. Right, and they're playing. At the Patriots, at the Patriots coming up, uh, the Seahawks is lost. Then Dolphins, Lions, and Bears. I don't Ooh, think I wee. don't think a nine and seven Seahawks team is going to beat out even with a win over the Vikings is going to beat out the Vikings for a wild card. But they don't have to beat out the Vikings for a wild card. They have to beat out. They just can't have two teams sure. beat them out for the wild card. The- so. Yeah, go ahead. No, You're going to ask a question. No, I was going to say the only disappointing part about that, and hey, you want to make the playoffs. It's not It's not if, if the Seahawks came in as the second wild card that anyone's going to complain. No. But, boy, you want to get in that fifth slot because you want to play. Really? I mean, does it make that much of a difference? Yeah. Don't you want to play Dallas? Or well, don't you want to play the the East? Whoever wins the East, you want to play them. Instead of the Bears. Of course. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, you not, want that fifth spot horribly okay, bad. So if you want the fifth spot, then go 11-5 and five or 10-6, and six and you might be able to get that. Okay. I'm just talking about 9-7. and seven I now. understand that. I'm trying to get you in at 9-7. Mr. and seven. Mr. Postseason I'm trying is just to, laying out the I'm scenarios. I'm trying to get you in. I'm trying to get you in at 9-7. and seven. I got you. And what I'm saying, my conclusion is this. Here's the conclusion. A lot of confusion, but here's the conclusion. To the confusion. Okay. All right. Ten and six, they're in. Yeah. Eleven and five, they're, they're gold. Golden, they're yeah. number five. They get your number five. Sure. Okay. They might even win the West. No, no they're not going to win the West. Okay. Nine and seven. I believe, looking at the numbers, that if they're nine and seven is a loss to the Chiefs and, and, anyone, a, and, else and but anyone but the Vikings, Vikings, I think there's a better than fifty percent chance. A better than fifty percent chance that a nine and Seahawks team will be in the postseason. So the answer to the original question, which is what kind of room for error do the Seahawks have? It is they can certainly lose one and make the playoffs, certainly, and they likely or 
very possibly could lose two and make the playoffs. But I would recommend, <laughs> as Mr. Postseason, that they don't lose the two. Lose the one, and you can lose it to whomever. Beat the Chiefs, lose to the sure. Vikings. Finish 10-6. and six. That's the sweet spot. Finish 10-6, and six and you're going to be in one way or the other. I can't promise fifth or sixth. Right. 10 and 6. I would not tempt the playoff or postseason gods with 9 and 7, even though I think their 9 and 7 is going to look pretty good. good. Okay? That's all I got to say. Thank you, Mr. Playoffs. Excuse me, Mr. Postseason. God, I'm going to get that. It's going to be brutal. It's his twin brother. I get it. I know I look I, a lot I like Mr. Know, Playoffs. I'm I used Mr. to know the other twin, this new twin. It's, it's, it's tough. Did you enjoy episode number two? I did. Beautiful. I did.